The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Glory be to God. Praise God forevermore. Romans chapter 8 remains standing for a moment. If you came with a Bible, open it up. Romans 8 verse 28. Let me hear somebody declare out loud, this is my year of dominance. And I'm walking in dominion from this day forward. Thank you, H.O.P. All the days of my life, I will walk in dominion. Romans 8.28, just read along with me. Well, follow as I read. And we know that all things work together for good. Hallelujah. Can somebody shout, we know. We know that all things, can somebody shout, all things work together for good. I talked to you last week about having a voice of victory or a sound of victory or a shout of victory when you make bold declarations. Did somebody remember that? Can somebody boldly declare this morning that all things are working together for my good? Say in 2023, all things are working together for my good. Open your mouth and declare it over and over again where you are. Say in 2023, all things. Say it and get convinced about it. All things are working together. All things are working together for my good. In 2023, even the things that don't look like they are working right now, they are working for me. Even my afflictions, I call them light afflictions, they are working for me. A far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. All things are working together for my good this year. All things, all things, even what the enemy intended for evil, it is working for my good. Somebody boldly declare, boldly declare, boldly declare with confidence in your heart. Your, and that confidence is the confidence you have in God, not the confidence you have in yourself. Boldly declare, in my workplace, all things are working together for me. At home, all things are working together for me. Financially, all things are working together for me. Concerning my health, all things are working together for me. Every area of my life, all things are working together for my good. All things... In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All things are working together for my good. Listen, I want to say this again in case somebody hasn't yet understood it. You've got to learn to, this thing we just did, that you boldly declare, say things. You've got to learn to do it. It, it has to be a part of your life like you are taking a bath, like you are driving a car. It must feel normal. It must feel natural. It must be a part of your life. Hallelujah. 
know how to make the joyful sound or the joyful shout. Know how to just speak from a place of joy. Not based on your feelings or anything, no. In this dark world and these dark days that we live in, and the Bible tells us it's going to get darker and darker, but it told us in the same verse that upon us, somebody say upon me, the glory of the Lord has risen. And the light of God is shining. That's what he said. Behold, darkness covers the earth and draws darkness the people. You will see it, but he said it's not meant for you. Somebody said the darkness is not meant for me. Hallelujah. And one way we ensure that we are shining the light or radiating the light and the glory it happens, those three key areas, these are key things we do as believers. We pray, we praise, and we boldly declare. And we must do it with a voice of victory. You can't be declaring as if you don't know whether God is going to save you. That means you don't even have any faith or confidence. Hallelujah. We read from Hebrews chapter 5 the other day. The Bible said when Jesus prayed, he knew that God was going to save him as he was going to that cross. He believed it. So he prayed with a loud voice and vehement cries. That was how he expressed his own voice of victory, or shout of victory in the place of prayer. When you are praying in the garden of Gethsemane, before you go to your own cross, you've got to do it with a voice or a shout. Of victory. And that shout comes from a place of knowing. We know. You have to know certain things. Know certain things. Look, look at this text again because this is what we want to dwell with today. He said all things are working together for your good. But do you know it? Because not everybody knows it. Some people think because they are walking through the valley of the shadow of death, they are about to die. Somebody say, that's not me. David said, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Because I know. He's not denying the fact that I'm walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I know that there's darkness around me. But I will not fear. Because I know his rod and his staff will comfort me. I know that he has prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I know that he will anoint my head with oil until the point where my cup runs over. You know. Hallelujah. We know that things are working, but watch what we need to know because we're going to get into this in our teaching this morning. All things are working together for good. Can you declare again, all things are working together for my good? Say this with me. It, say, say this with me. Say, it may not feel like it. It may not look like it. Other people may not see it. But I know it. I know it because God said so. Hallelujah. I know it because God said so. Now look at what God said. They are working together for good for those that love God. So it's not just that it's working together automatically. No, it's for people that are working in the consciousness of the love of God. We've taught a lot in this church about when you see those that love God. Primarily, he's saying those that know that God loved them, 
Because we love him because he first loved us. And those that are responding to that love that God has for them by loving God back. It's not, when, it's, when you read a statement like this, those that love God, it's not saying that somebody woke up one morning and God did not know his name, God did not know his address, God didn't know he existed, then he started loving God. And because he has now started loving God, things are now working together for him. Error! That, that, that doesn't compute with scriptures. They can't be explaining everything in every verse. There's no space. So they are talking to you from a place of knowledge. When they say that love God, they are saying it from because they have taught you in so many other places that God loved you when you did not know yourself. God loved you from the Garden of Eden after Adam and Eve had sinned and had fallen and God came and loved them in that fallen state and killed an animal on their behalf and covered their nakedness. Adam and Eve were trying to cover their nakedness with leaves. Error. Hiding from God, error. Because they were ashamed and they were afraid, error. It was one error after another error. From eating the fruits to trying to cover their nakedness to hiding from God. And even with all those multiple errors, God still came. Adam, Adam, where are thou? And God loved them. And in loving Adam, he loved us as well. So when you read those that love God, he's not telling you that, ah, we are the ones that started the thing. Somebody say error. So walking in the love of God is that you know that God loved you while you were still a sinner. Christ died for us. In a time where we were without strength. And that's not just physical strength. That's strength in every ramification, spiritual, financial, everything. Where we did not know where to even go. God loved us. God commended his love towards us by sending Jesus to die for us on the cross. Now we respond to that love. And that's how you trigger things to be working for your good. You respond to the love by loving God back and by loving others. That's what he's teaching here. That's what he's saying here. Those that walk in the consciousness. We are talking a lot about consciousness. We mentioned three consciousnesses last week. That will also help you to make the joyful sound. A consciousness of zoe that you carry the life of God in you. And the righteousness that that life brings. A consciousness of your covenant. Having covenant um, consciousness. I can't even remember the third one. What was the third one? That was the third one. What was the second one? Who can help me? Who remembers? <laughs> Anybody? Ah! It's only three things I thought last, yes, last week. I want to talk about seven things today. And you can't even remember one. I've given you two already. Sorry? Thank you, ma. I owe you lunch. Please remind me. I owe you. No, you did you answer anything. She's the only one that answered. Even Pastor Benny must not taste that lunch. Except he's eating the one that enters your belly. You know, there are some things you can share with your spouse because you are one flesh. So not that you share the plate with him. Tell him that the one, after I've eaten it, since we are one flesh, you will share from there. <laughs> Consciousness of grace, grace culture. Knowing those things will help you to shout or make the sound, say what you need to say, pray with the prayer you need to pray. Hallelujah. 
knowing the love of God is powerful. Watch, so, but I didn't finish there. He now said, those that love God, and to those, which is what we want to focus on today, those who are called according to his purpose. Hallelujah. And those two things should work hand in hand. Walking in the love of God and walking according to his purpose. Will you lift your right hand this morning? Say, in the name of Jesus, this year, I will walk according to the purpose of God for my life. I didn't hear somebody's voice saying, 2023, as I walk in dominion, I will walk according to the purpose of God for my life. Give him a big shout of praise if you believe it. Please have your seats. Hallelujah. I want you to bring out um, something to write with if you came with something you can write with in church. I want to talk about like seven or eight things about purpose. We're talking about dominion 2023 or dominance in 2023. This is our theme for the year. And what we want to explore today is purpose. We want to redefine purpose. Redefine there is not saying giving it another definition. No, we want to look at it again. Let everybody take a fresh look at purpose. Let everybody know what they need to know about purpose. I have no doubt that everybody wants everything to work out for them, everything to work together for their good. Can I get a witness? You want everything to work together for your good. I have no doubt. I have no doubt that everybody wants their captivity to be turned around. They said when the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, it was like a dream. I have no doubt that everybody wants their light afflictions to work out for them a more excellent and eternal weight of glory. That even if something has gone bad or something is tending negative, every normal, rational human being you want to snatch, um, you want to bring out victory from a place that looks like defeat. Bring out light from darkness. Bring out light from death. Everybody wants that. But not everybody knows how to make that a reality in everyday life. And that's why these things we are saying today matters. Please write it down. If you can write on your phone, in case you didn't bring a book and a pen, bring out your phone, open a note. Just touch a few things that we're going to be talking about. We cannot walk in dominance if we are not walking according to God's purpose. When you talk about purpose, you are talking about God's intention. In fact, you are talking about God's original intention. Every creator, and God is a creator. In fact, that's the first definition of God or description of God we have in the Bible. They didn't tell us that God is love when they first introduced God to us. They could have done that. Because ultimately, that's where the message of the Bible is going to. It's very instructive that the Bible introduced God to us as a creator at first. That's not 
if I can permit me to use this word, the most important thing about God, if you, by the time you, you, you take the Bible as a book, all the 66 books, and say, well, what is this book trying to really communicate to mankind? It's primary message or central message is that God loves you. But they didn't tell us that in the beginning. And that's instructive. They started by telling us all the attributes of God. And the first attribute was that in the beginning, God created. He's a creator. He's an inventor. Maybe you, you can apply to that. And our generation celebrates creators and investor, inventors. One, one name that is very popular with them today, we call them more entrepreneurs. If we mention names like Elon Musk, I think he's the most popular by social media today. He has now even been dethroned. <laughs> he's no longer the world's richest man now. <laughs> the Bill Gates or the late Steve Jobs and all these people that identified a need or a problem. If you've ever read their stories or watched movies about them or their biographies, I'm thinking about something about Steve Jobs. I remember when he was designing, when it was still a design, the, the iPhone or, well, at that time it was even the iPod that he was designing before they put it inside the iPhone. And he was having a conversation with his daughter. She was putting his cassettes. What do we used to call them? I've forgotten them again. Walkman. How many of you were around in the era of Walkman? You know, if you tell your children Walkman, and they say, what are you talking about? With one cassette inside. And I was having a conversation with her. I'm remembering the movie. And I was telling her that he's going to do something that is going to put a thousand songs instead of this big thing you're carrying around. And she, was, she couldn't even, what is he talking about? It, it, it just flew by her head. But he was in the middle of the day. He had seen it. He had seen it. It wasn't a reality yet. It wasn't a physical reality yet. It wasn't something people could buy or purchase yet. But why are we carrying all these big devices around? Interesting, at that time... <laughs> Perhaps he had not seen that it could also be merged with our phone. Nobody carries iPod around anymore these days. When the iPod first came, you had your phone, your mobile phone, which was like a brick or something brickish. Well, I think we had gone past the bricks by the time the iPhones came. And those of you that don't know what a brick is, never mind. We didn't used to call it brick in this part of the world. It was the not nine knots. And it was only the big men. I carried not nine knots then. <laughs> but I'm trying to say that that thing that you see in these people that we call entrepreneurs, that they see a challenge, see a problem, see a need that we didn't even know we have, and then create something to meet that need, to make life better for everybody, that is a God nature. It is God. And the way God works, Genesis 1, we're talking about dominance. What God said in Genesis 1 is God said, let us make, let me bring into the context of what we are discussing, let us make Steve Jobs in our image and our likeness. 
this capacity to see a need to give them iPhone or iPod when they didn't even know they needed an iPhone or an iPod. Let us put it, let us share it with them. That's what that's the interpretation of what God is saying. Every time we are driving today now, my youngest daughter, she will see Toyota. In fact, she says Toyota's are a nice car, and it's just the name she likes because of the bold way Toyota writes cars. That's that people will need to move from point A to point B, and they don't have to work. We can create machines that they can drive around. 300 years ago, there was nothing like a car. People were transporting with horses and things like that and animals. But then men like God saw that we can create machines, invent machines. Praise God. That was the first introduction of God to us. And notice the text said, Genesis 1.26, shall we read it again? Put it up for us on the board. Let's just put it on our eyes again. Let us make, notice it didn't say let us make Steve Jobs or Toyota or Elon Musk alone. Notice it didn't even say let us make certain special men. Notice it said all men. Somebody say all men. You won't say all there, but that's the general interpretation. Let's read it together. Genesis 1.26, everybody, let's go. Stop. That's what I want you to see. Let us now, let's, again, keep this in context here. The defi- when it says, let us make them like us, and you notice all God was doing in Genesis 1 was God was creating. God was really recreating the world. I think we should emphasize that, not just creating. Because Genesis 1 said, God created the heavens and the earth. Go back to verse 1 for us. And then the earth was without form and void. Please, this is very important. Hear this. Talking about shining in darkness. God did not create originally a dark, void world, a messed up world. That is not consistent with his nature. God is a God of beauty, like we saw in Genesis 1. He's a God of order, like we saw in Genesis 1. So obviously, when the Bible tells us that the earth was without form and void, it is not referring to the earth God made in Genesis 1. You won't see that story there, but by the time you study the scriptures, you can only draw that conclusion. God could not have made an earth that is without form or void. Today, archaeologists are finding things on the earth. They are finding creatures on the earth like dinosaurs. And they will tell us these things have the fossils or the skeletons. And they will see their graves live. Almost every month they are digging up something somewhere. And they will say these things were there 20 million years ago, 30 million years ago, 30,000. Before, the, if you look at the years as we count days and nights now on the earth, the story of the Bible seems to be maybe 4,000 years max. And they are finding physical evidence in different places of the earth of things that 
never were recorded in our world. All that kind of creatures that we call them prehistoric beings. And perhaps this is the answer. We don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us everything. But it gives us more than enough for us to live fulfilled lives while we are here on the earth. Now perhaps this is the answer. That there was another world. Men are now traveling into space, discovering galaxies, discovering continents, seeing other things beyond our world. And some of the people, particularly the scientists that have embraced this nature of God to create, they are, they are thinking about things like we should go and live on, Earth, on Mars. Sometimes you read some of their ideas and the way they think. It's out of this world. And we need to start embracing that, we believers. Not necessarily to be scientists, and there's nothing wrong with us being scientists. Are you still following me this morning? But understand that this is the nature of God. That can even express itself in fallen men. Some of these people are not Christians. But even the non-Christians, God created them. And they are also made in the image and likeness of God. How much more you and I. Glory be to God. The other day I was listening, watching this interview about Jeff Bezos. And he was saying that, you know, all these arguments about um, climate change and CO2 carbon emissions and all this pollution that is coming by all the bad fuels, that perhaps maybe we are going to discover in space, instead of refining our petroleum here on Earth, we will take it to space. You just think, you know, out of the box. But that's how they will... Design Amazon for you. <laughs> Just thinking crazy things, out of the box thinking. So we will take the let, Let's not be um, cleaning the oil here or what, refining oil on Earth. If that is what is causing carbon emission, let's go and do it in space so it can pollute space. Then we bring clean oil. It was just thinking that perhaps, thinking that maybe men can go and live on Mars. Someone said it can't happen. You will see. Perhaps you'll be in heaven when they are doing that. Because I can actually imagine in the days of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, maybe one crazy Steve Bezos person that the Bible didn't record for us was having a conversation with Abraham. Like, you know, daddy, instead of riding animals, maybe we should create, you won't call it car. You, you read some of the prophecies about the end times in Bible where they say they saw dragon flying and fire coming out of their mouth. Perhaps he was describing a fighter jet. <laughs> or rocket. Perhaps. <laughs> a dragon flying. We don't even have dragons in our own. We don't, there's no, nothing like dragon. They have become extinct. Except the world Game of Thrones again. <laughs> Perhaps they had that conversation with Abraham and said that, you know, maybe we can, and Abraham said, forget that one. Please go and I want 1,000 more cattles. What are you talking about? And now Abraham is sitting in heaven and saying, oh, this is what that guy was saying that other day. <laughs> so if you're here saying that we can't go to Mars, maybe when you get to, oh, that's what they were saying in church the other morning. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let us make them like us, creators like us. Of course, it could also involve all the other attributes of God. They can love like us. They can heal like us. They can help all the things we know about God. But in context, when it says in verse 26, 
let us make man in our image. Primarily what is being said there is that let them become creators like us. And that's how they will dominate. Now, without having any religious or theological discussion, would you agree that Jeff Bezos is dominating our world? Talk to me, somebody. You sure? And let's, for the purpose of our discussion, Jeff Bezos is not a believer. But would you agree that he's dominating, he's working in dominance? Would you agree that Elon Musk is dominating our world? I can't hear you, somebody. Would you agree that Toyota is dominating our world today? We do not sign that the original Toyota, whoever he is, and it's probably somebody's name most likely, has probably died. I read something about the way some of these car companies work several years ago. This is 2023. They have somewhere in one R&D lab, research and development lab, the cars will be driving in 2025. <laughs> in fact, there are corporate papers that mention that some of the biggest global companies, they plan 100 years, they have 100 year plan. What are we going to be doing by the second half of the 21st century? 2050. What are we going to be doing by 2100? Hallelujah. So there's a way they think, and it's a way like God. Ephesians 1, watch this. I'm, I'm, I'm coming back. Projection, please just stay with me, consign the notes. We're going to run through those seven thoughts. Go with me to... Is it Ephesians 1 or Ephesians... Ephesians... Yeah, it's Ephesians 1. Or is it Ephesians 3? Hallelujah. Ephesians 2, sorry. Please watch what he said about God here. Verse 7, Ephesians 2, verse 7. Please watch this. That in the ages to come, let's, let's read it so that we can put it in context. It's talking about how mercy and grace has saved us. So verse 4 says, God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. Somebody say, by grace I've been saved. Hallelujah. And he raised us up together. See, this is dominance. Dominion. We have been raised up together with Christ and made us to sit together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us. Hallelujah. So that thought pattern of what's going to happen in 2050, 2100, ages to come, it's a God thing. It wasn't something that they went to learn. Well, perhaps they learned it in Harvard Business School. See, some of the things Paratola was talking about, about how to start a year, how to, to plan ahead. Perhaps they are, they are teaching them in Harvard Business School. But it, it, it's God. It, it's the nature of God. And that's how God dominates. 
That's how Toyota dominates. They think about the ages to come and make plans for the ages to come, the future. Hallelujah. And they start executing and taking, many times they even fail. I was talking with a man of God the other day, several years ago. I'm talking about one of our big, the biggest ministries we know on the, on the earth today. They have the biggest churches in Nigerian ministry. And I was talking about the fact that when they want to start churches, that they may bring back like 200 pastors together and give them money and send them to different places. At the same time, most of them fail. Maybe they sent out 200 pastors. Most of them, we don't hear about them. About two or three of them will explode and take over an entire city. Those are the only ones we hear about. <laughs> but their results and their fruits are so big and mighty, they cover up for all the losses. So even that, those ones that feel that we didn't hear about, it becomes irrelevant. We are spending all the time talking about the one that has exploded and succeeded. There's a way to, and that's what I want to talk about, knowing, knowing. There's a way a mind that dominates works. And it's a God nature. It's a God nature. Look at this. God wants us to, you said he will show forth his glory in the ages to come. So God planned ahead. And that's why it's good to plan when you start a new year. Think about, not just even this year, beyond this year. Learn to start saving for 2030. Saving, saving money. In case perhaps you've not started, simple things like that. One of the things that I said you should plan for one area is your finances. Start saving money for 2030 now. So that in the ages to come, the riches of God's grace and mercy can be shown forth in your life. Hello? Hallelujah. Okay, that was just by the way. So we, we see this thing there in Genesis that God has made us, not just the people we are celebrating that we know, but every human being. We have that in us. And I'm not saying today that everybody has to be a Jeff Bezos, no. Everybody has to be a Lionel Messi, no. It's good to look at those stories and draw inspiration from them. What we are saying is that every one of us, hallelujah, has a capacity in us to dominate. Starting from where you are. We are, we are talking about Lionel Messi and, and, and Ronaldo and the argument is going on about football people. Which one of them is now the greatest? But I, I think we can put it to bed at least for now based on the World Cup performance that Messi is greater than Ronaldo. No, no, no. Not the subjective argument can still go on. But when Ronaldo wins World Cup, which it looks like he will never win again, we can now start having a discussion because that was the area of contention before. But the simple truth is, for those of you that follow, those of us that follow football, I remember under 17, 
where Mercy and Mikael. That under 17 final. See, just like this final was between Mercy and Mbappe. And it was very, very close. France would have won that World Cup. See, sometimes, please hear me. In the world, it is called luck. But if you interpret things spiritually, we know it is called grace. In other words, beyond the efforts of Messi and Mbappe, there was just one extra that it's not because of the skill Messi had. Because Messi scored his own, Mbappe scored his own. For Messi, had, they had scored their two. They thought they were winning. 80th minute, the French people came back. And in 90 seconds, Mbappe, bam, bam, they, they were shocked. And it looked as if Mbappe was going to carry the day. Or France was going to carry the day. Then it swung back to Argentina. Then it went back to France. Then it came to, I mean, I'm sure if they, they could still be playing that match today if they had continued. <laughs> but then, grace, let's for our purpose, just made it possible that for now, the greatest in that area, anybody that wants to argue now, there's no, you, you are just being subjective. We will allow you to stay in your subjectivity. But based on records and accolades and accomplishments, please hear me, we can say Lionel Messi is dominating or is the number one footballer of all, at least in our generation. When Pele died, the argument came now, is it Pele? All those ones can still wait. But it didn't start in 2023. Hello? Please hear me, hear me. This is very, very important. Under 17. Was it under 17 or under 21? Under 20. Under 20. Uh -huh. If Pastor Solai is starting like that, you see, there's authority. There's a voice of victory. And it's coming from a place of knowledge. It's the only problem that is knowledge may not be 100% accurate. But let's just take it because none of you lifted your voice. <laughs> Even me that I'm using the microphone, I'm not sure that's on that But I remember that final. It was between Mikel and Messi. Why are they always called M's? All these footballers. <laughs> M, M, M. And in that final, that under 20, I mean, I mean, it was between our own and Argentina won. But it was a very close game as well. And over the years. Now, even before, so let's assume that was the first time Mercy was announced on the global stage that an imagined footballer is coming. Maybe that's when, but he started when he was five years old, when he was four years old. Probably one street corner in, is it Buenos Aires or Argentina there, where he was playing. And perhaps, perhaps his mother or his father saw something in him and said, you can be the best. There's something in you. You can be the greatest. Or you can be a good footballer. And somebody encouraged him, like I'm trying to do today to somebody. When Messi was seven years old, eight, even down that, look, so many footballers played at down that 20, and they were all good. But he has continued over time, over time. The first World Cup he went to, they did not win, came back again. Second one, they did not win, came back again. The first Copa America he went to, they did not win. And in fact, it had gotten to a place in his record that, ah, Messi plays very well for his club. But when he comes to play for his nation, he never does well. And that's why those people that prefer Ronaldo, he's not as great as Ronaldo. 
that Ronaldo has won the Euros for his own country. And they had more or less written him off. But he kept what? Coming back. Coming back. Coming back. And that thing that was in him since he was born. Praise God. It is in him not because of anything else but the fact that God created him. And I'm telling somebody on the sound of my voice today. There's something in you that God has put in you for greatness. Hallelujah. You may be like Messi, a five-year-old boy somewhere in the street of Argentina that nobody knows anything about. But the mercy that we are celebrating in 2022-2023 that has dominated the world today started believing in that capacity when he was a nobody. And I can tell you authoritatively, if Messi did not believe in himself when he was five years old, when he was seven years old, when he went for the under-17 championship, when he went for the under-20 championship, and when he failed, came for the first World Cup, they didn't go anywhere. The second World Cup, they didn't go anywhere. Came for the, and if he didn't continue to believe and work on himself, we will never be celebrating him now in 2022-2023. Let me ask you, but what do you believe about yourself? What do you say about yourself? Today, today. If I'm making sense to you, shout a loud hallelujah. So there's greatness in all of us. There's capacity for dominance in all of us. There's capacity for creativity in all of us. And the point we see in Genesis 1 is that it's as we give expression to that capacity to create that we can dominate. We will never be talking about a Steve Jobs today if he did not give expression to his capacity to create iPhones and iPods. We probably will never know his name. Not that the ability was not there. Hello? Glory be to God. And that's what the message of purpose is all about. Where it concerns all of us. Because God has an intention. That's what it is. Let us make man our image. And God has put something in everybody. And when everybody aligns to that purpose, glory be to God, the gifts and the capacities in us, they begin to wake up. And that will be your portion in 2023 in the name of Jesus. That will be your portion in 2023 and beyond in the name of Jesus. Seven things. Please note these things down, write them down, and take them as we talk about purpose, as we are redefining purpose this morning. Number one, purpose originates from God. Purpose is God's thing, primarily it originates in God. It's God's idea. It's God's intention. And this is why it supersedes the goals you can set for yourself we can talk about goal setting and there's nothing wrong with that. But even after you set goals and you set the things you want to accomplish, this is why it supersedes ambition. You still need to learn to align yourself to God's divine purpose. You still need to. 
And every human being, glory be to God, is given a role to play in God's grand purpose. Every one of us. Your own may not be to create cars or iPhones or play football or do politics or do entertainment. What we can assure every human being about is that as long as it was God that created you, there is something that originates from God about you, inside you. And when you align yourself to that thing, you're already on that path for dominance. Go back to that Romans chapter 8 we read earlier on. I love it. Romans chapter 8 again. Quickly look at this verse. So we read in verse 28 that all things are working together because we love God and we are called according to his purpose. See, once you're on that path, hallelujah, the moment Steve Jobs aligned himself to begin to express that creativity he had in him, that came from God. There's no other way you get this thing. He set his life on a path of dominance. The moment Mercy aligned himself to begin to just, I'm going to play football, I have this gift, I have this ability, I can see that I can do, I'm going to talk about gifts and ability in a moment, I can do this thing better than most other children around me. And he aligned, and there's that place of that alignment. I read this about Muhammad Ali several years ago, that there was one boxing fight he fought, they broke his jaw in that fight. He fought through that fight, and I think he actually even won the fight, or whether he lost, I'm not sure again. But about the third round of the fight, Muhammad Ali is referred to as probably the greatest boxer of all time, the goat in that boxing arena. His jaw got broken. But they said the next morning, his routine of jogging, I don't know how many miles he jogs every morning, he started jogging it again. See, that's how they align themselves in the area of sports and athletics, on that path. But the moment they did that, please hear me, that, that's what has set them on the path of dominance. For us, spiritually speaking, the moment we accept that God has a purpose for us, God has a plan for us, and we align ourselves many times in the place of prayer, you have set yourself on a path of dominance. And you have set yourself on this path where all things begin to work together for your good. Look at verse 29 of Romans chapter 8. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. Hallelujah. When we align ourselves to God's purpose and plans, we are setting ourselves on a path where ultimately we will be conformed to the image, the manifestation of sonship. He conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he predestined, those he called. Hallelujah. And those that he called, he justified. And those that he justified, he did what? Glorified. Hallelujah. So when we align ourselves to justification, we are set up for glory. When we align ourselves to embrace the call of God and we are making that point again this year. Everybody recognize that God has put a call upon your life. That doesn't mean you're going to be a preacher. 
But that means that God has created you for something, called you onto something, made you for a particular purpose. And that should be a thought that should be ringing in your head. Every blessed day of your life. Somebody shout a loud amen. amen. Every human has a role to play in God's script, God's intention. Purpose is the allocation of God's will to you. When you tell yourself, I am aligning to God's purpose for my life. When you are praying for the purpose and plan of God of, to come to pass in your life, you are receiving the allocation. So we are, we are saying that God's Nunamesis will was soccer. He, he received the allocation. You are receiving your own. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. Number 2 this morning. I love this. Powerful truth here. Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 9. The Bible says here, God saved us and called us with his holy calling. Similar thing to that we just said in Romans chapter 8. Not according to our works, but according to what? His purpose and what? His grace, which was given to us where? When? Hallelujah. So watch this. Grace comes as a response or it comes on the heels of the purpose of God for our lives. One way, we, we talked about grace upon grace. One way to come to a place where you are enjoying grace upon grace, favor upon favor, it's when you are responding to God's purpose for your life. Back to the analogies we are using. The first time we heard about mercy was probably under 17 woke up, under 20 woke up. And a level of grace came upon him on that woke up. He became world champion under 17. If he never went to that woke up, aligned himself to that woke up and performed in that woke up, he probably wouldn't have gone to the senior team. Hello, somebody. And the first woke up he went to, as senior World Cup, they did not win. But he came back for the next one. As long as he kept aligning himself to... You, you are seeing what I'm trying to do about God's purpose with people that are excelling globally. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Can you make that connection this morning? I'm not saying football is a spiritual thing, no. I, I'm trying to bring things to our level. Many times when we talk purpose, many church people think about pastor, apostle, prophet. And... When we started, that was the thinking. But we have now realized, oh, oh, no. God doesn't need everybody to be an apostle. God needs every individual in the church to wake up. Let me tap your neighbor and say, wake up. To their calling in everyday life. Hallelujah. God needs everybody to do that and begin to walk in that. And the Bible tells us that grace now comes. So there's a level of grace that comes upon us when we accept Jesus Christ. But grace, more grace comes to us. He has called us according, not according to our own, but according to his purpose. And once we are aligned to that purpose, grace upon grace upon grace. Hallelujah. Back to my football analogy. When you do under 17, we'll give you grace for under 21. When you don't have 21, we give you grace for the senior team. 
When you go for the senior team and you fail the first time and you come back again, we give you more grace. And you keep coming and perhaps on the fourth attempt, I think this is the third or fourth World Cup, perhaps you will now win. Then everybody will be, ah, he's the greatest of all time. If he had quit, and I remember about two competitions ago, I remember Argentina failed, they didn't win. Actually, I think at that competition, Messi said he was resigning. Said he, he was resigning. This was about three, four years ago. I can't remember. That he's not playing for the national team again because the disappointment was too heavy. But he encouraged himself in the Lord. And he came back. And I'm wondering who is feeling that way this morning. That you are feeling disappointment. It hasn't changed the fact that God has called you and that God has a purpose for your life. And it's by aligning to that purpose that grace comes. Glory be to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So this is so important. Purpose precedes grace. Somebody declared that this morning. Purpose precedes grace. I can't hear you say purpose precedes grace. In terms of order of priority. Or I like to say it this way. Grace comes when we align to purpose. You want to see more grace and more expressions of God's mercy upon your life this, this year? Can, can I get a witness, somebody? Align yourself to God's purpose for your life more and more. Hallelujah. God's grace, which is unmerited favor, is designed to make his purpose a reality in your life. I, I said something a moment ago. That World Cup final was on a knife's edge. It could have gone to Argentina. It could have gone to France. At the end of the day, we will call it, in sports, we call it luck because it's natural. Argentina, in fact, if you really watch, Argentina was on the ropes. The momentum had switched to France's side because they had come back for two goals down. Then they just had one lucky break and the ball fell on Messi's feet. <laughs> in the box, and before they knew it, that's grace. The one we can't explain. But here my point. If he had quit three, four years ago and did not continue that his journey of purpose of playing that football for his country, he would never have experienced that grace at that moment at that World Cup final. To win that World Cup. Help me tap your neighbor and say, refuse to quit. Refuse to give up. More grace comes to you as you align yourself to God's purpose. Hallelujah. Number three, let me quickly hurry up so I can finish. Very, very important. What are you doing this morning, Pastor? I'm giving you knowledge. He said we know that all things work together for those that are called according to purpose. I want you to know certain things about purpose. So that you can intentionally work in it. I want you to know there's something in you that God has put in you that if you will align yourself to it, that purpose of God, that plan of God for life, you can walk in dominance. And I'm saying if you don't align to it, you cannot walk in dominance. Any more than we will know Lionel Messi if he did not play football. It's your part and my part to find that thing. It may not be as popular as a football player. But I tell you, it will give you dominance in life. Somebody say in 2023, <laughs> I walk in dominion. Number three, purpose is God's original intention for existence. 
we, we make this statement, there is living life and there is barely existing or merely existing. Unfortunately for many people, they are merely existing. But God didn't design life for mere existence. God designed life and put purpose in life. And it's when you inject purpose in life that life goes from being mere existence to making sense. In 2023, your life will make sense. Can I say this to someone? In 2023, the challenges that have plagued your life, they will make sense. Pastor, what do you mean by that? When Joseph stood before Pharaoh, that his brother sold him to the pit made sense. That he was a slave in Potiphar's house made sense. That he went to prison made sense. Some people are just suffering anyhow. And what is paining them the most that this suffering, I'm even suffering. Why? It doesn't make sense. But when you stand in the center of God's will and purpose for your life, a season will come. Hallelujah. Where all the hell and high waters you went through and difficulty you went through. Oh. Oh. When Joseph's brothers came and he revealed himself to them, they were like, we are dead. He's going to kill us. Because they remembered what they did. And they probably had been living in the guilt of what they did. But he told them, ah, no, you meant it for evil. You see, it made sense to him. But he said God intended it for good. That God saw a famine was coming. And it was God. He now said it wasn't even your fault. That it was God that orchestrated for that evil to even enter your heart. Not that God planted evil in their heart too. But he said he saw. That God saw this famine and God wanted to preserve the lineage of Jacob. And it was God that brought me here. It made sense. Listen, when we live life without alignment to God's purpose, all manner of things will be happening to you. You see, he said all things work together for good. Sometimes what pains you the most is not the problem you went through. Is that you can't rationalize why. Have you met people when they are in trouble, they will say, ah, why did God allow it to happen? Is this question they're asking now? This, this is the question they're asking. Because it doesn't make sense. But when you align to God's purpose, glory be to God. It's not just about existence for you anymore. Anything that happens for good or for bad, there's a way God cannot make it to make sense to you. And you can be like a Paul and Silas in prison and yet you're able to pray. Hallelujah. You're able to sing psalms. You can be like a Jesus on the cross and they are nailing you and you can be able to say, Father, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. As difficult as those kind of moments are, it made sense. Why? It wasn't anything. It's not that because they were spiritual genuine people. No, it's because they, were, they had committed themselves to God's purpose. God designed life to be lived with purpose. Where there is no purpose mixed with your life, it's mere existence. You might as well be a speaker. Even this speaker is making sense. Because the person that created it had an intention for it. Hallelujah. You are not an accident. Somebody shout, I'm not an accident. Your background, 
the life events of your life, the experiences that have happened, they are planned and they are orchestrated to fit into your purpose. And I'm telling you, it's by purpose that sometimes when we go through certain things, we are able to make meaning of it. Jeremiah, God told him, you know this, like Jeremiah chapter 1 from verse 4, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. I was the one that put you in your mother's womb. And I was the one that put you there and I planned and ordained for you to become a prophet unto the nations. You are not just here to exist. Please, I want to say this again. Many of the stories we are reading and the examples we are giving, we are trying to use popular people that can resonate with us, but it's for everybody. Live a life of purpose. Hallelujah. Look at Joseph's story again. Let, let's read this. We always talk about this. Genesis 39. I want to read something again there. Genesis 39. What the Bible tells us about Joseph. Tap your neighbor and say, your life will make sense. When you live according to God's purpose. When you are aligned to God's purpose. Listen to this. So this what, look, this is what helped Joseph through that ordeal. Genesis 39 verse 1. Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites. So from the pit that his brother threw him to, he was now sold as a slave. But verse 2 says the Lord was with Joseph. Ah, you need to understand that. Technically, the Lord is with everybody. Hello? The Lord was with Joseph's brothers as well. So what does it mean when the Bible says the Lord was Joseph? Joseph was conscious of God's presence in his life. More importantly, Joseph was conscious of the dream that God had shown him. Even though his brothers had betrayed him. Even though he was, watch, he had now sunk from the favorite child in his father's house. Please catch this, very, very important. It was a great fall. His robe of many colors had been taken from him. He had been stripped. Everything had been taken, but Joseph did not allow that dream and that vision to be taken from him. He was conscious of it. He did not get to a point where because of the calamity he was going through, he was saying, ah, God has forsaken me. The vision God gave him, he had forgotten about it. The dream God showed him, he had forgotten. No, he was still holding on to it. That, that's what kept him through. That's why he did not lose his mind. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when you read the story, you can read Genesis 39. In Potiphar's house, the Lord was with him. He was conscious. In prison, the Lord was with him. He was conscious of it. Tap a neighbor this morning and say, be conscious of God's purpose for your life. Be conscious of God's plan for your life. That's why we are teaching this today. We are reminding everybody, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. Praise God. Let me quickly close. Let me quickly go. So I have about two or three more. Is somebody learning something? Yes, Number one, we've said that purpose originates from God. So there's no human being that doesn't have, that is without purpose. There are many human beings that are not conscious of their purpose. But it's for everybody. Number two, Purpose precedes grace or grace crumbs on the heels of purpose. Pastor, what are you saying? The more we embrace our purpose, the more grace comes upon us. 
He saved us according to his purpose and grace. We remove purpose from it. The work grace has come to do becomes frustrated. Number three, it is God's original intention for existence. We can't really live life without walking in line with God's purpose. We will just be merely existing. Number four, very, very important. Purpose is meant to be discovered and not to be designed or created by yourself. Don't abuse your creativity. This is so important. When they designed this speaker, the creator had a purpose and intention for it. There's something this speaker is supposed to be doing. Um, I will use Lehman's language to describe his purpose. It's supposed to what? Boost or make louder the voice of someone that is speaking through a microphone. And it's fulfilling its purpose this morning. You come here on a Monday, Tuesday when we don't have service and this hall is shut down, it looks lifeless. And it looks as if it's just merely existing. But you turn on the light and you have a service, it's what? It's having its moment. Now, because it's having its moment, you can now decide and say, wow, yeah, I do something. You know what? Next Sunday, I'm going to be the preacher. We don't need a pastor to speak to the microphone anymore. In any case, is it not me? That the, am I not the one amplifying or making the preachers? For, you know, I'm going to preach the sermon. Next Sunday, I'm going to write the sermon. I will. So while I'm saying something and I come and I want to say, I'm going to talk about purpose. It says, today we are going to talk about, and I'm saying something else and the speaker is saying something else. Do you know that's what many of us are doing? Let me say, let me even use another analogy. Perhaps one day, the speaker tried to walk and it did not work. And the speaker now saw somebody else. Give me another design. Maybe we came to church. For one reason, the, this feedback monitor is not working. Then the screen. And the speaker now saw the screen. And that screen is shining. Doing another purpose. And this one now becomes envious. You know, next Sunday, I'm going to become a screen. If I ask all of us to raise our hand, I'm sure we all raise our hand. You've seen someone shining their glory. You are now abandoning your own place. Maybe all this talk about Messi today, somebody is now saying, Dickin Dere is saying he's going to go and play football. <laughs> At this age. <laughs> because we are using Messi as an example, you, want, you now want to be a footballer. And we've had that a lot in church. Every time we talk purpose, there are many people in congregation, and because of the examples we give, people now want to be preachers. Then somebody now goes, I'm going to start my own church. I'm going to start my own ministry. From next week, I'm going to do my apostolic consecration. It's an error and a lack of understanding, a lack of knowing of what. You don't create your purpose. You don't manufacture your purpose. You don't even choose your purpose. You choose to follow God. What do you do? You discover. And this is where the place of prayer is very vital. You discover your purpose. Hallelujah. You must invest in the time your time spent with God to fully download your purpose in life. Prayer, worship, we've talked a lot about Acts 13 in church. Apostle Paul, in fact, the Bible told us, watch, if you know that scripture very well, you can put it up on the screen. They said there were already prophets and teachers. 
Again, many of the examples we'll find in the Bible are preaching and preaching. That's why we are using a lot of Naomi, Mercy, and Elon Musk today. We want to let people know that purpose goes beyond just preaching. But there's a powerful lesson in that Acts 13 story. The Bible said there were prophets and teachers in the church. They were already prophets and teachers. And perhaps somebody thought, maybe a pastor, that was just it. But the Bible said in a time of fasting, as they ministered to the Lord, they downloaded something from heaven. A voice came to them from heaven. And said, separate unto me, Barnabas, and so for the purpose. I'm paraphrasing. Said the work I have for them. And the apostle Paul that we know today. That was the beginning of it. He downloaded it. He discovered it. While they were fasting and praying. That's how you know purpose. You don't create it. You don't choose it. You don't just desire it because you see somebody else doing it. You can't be a screen when you're supposed to be a speaker. And you can't be an apostle when you're supposed to be an entrepreneur or something. That's what has brought a lot of frustration to many people's life. And the root problem is, listen to what we are saying, you know, it's that lack of time to pray, to download. See, many times we call corporate prayer meetings in church. It's not necessary to get a miracle for that hour. Yes, we will pray for and believe God for a miracle for that hour. No. Yes, we will do that. But more importantly, it's for us to connect and fellowship with God. So that perhaps somebody can download something they need to download. Hallelujah. Are you with me this morning? Fellowship with God. Somebody write these things down. They are simple, but they are powerful. Fellowship with God will lead you to God's purpose for your life. Fellowship with God. Jeremiah 33 verse 3, call upon me. God said, call, call. That's prayer time. 6 a.m. prayer time. Church prayer time, personal prayer time. Call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. You don't create purpose. You don't design your purpose. God is the creator where your own life, purpose, and destiny is concerned. You can create other things. But the one that God has created for you, you discover it. In the place of prayer, in the place of fellowship, including what we are doing this morning, learning about how purpose operates, knowing purpose. Number five, am I correct? I love this. This is so vital. Purpose is the reason behind individual uniqueness. You are not any other person. You are not like any other person. And you don't have to be like any other person. You don't have to talk like that. You can learn from other people. But have you noticed that you are happiest and you are most at peace when you want to be yourself? Hello, somebody. Don't be under pressure when we teach about purpose and talk about purpose. Just be yourself. Celebrate your own uniqueness. Hallelujah. Your size is not a disadvantage. Your skin color is not a disadvantage. Remember that story we're always talking about? About that lady that they showed a picture in heaven. Dark color like Pastor Tola. 
But Pastor Hinda's skin color had intimidated her. And she started to bleach. And you know Pastor Tola is not bleaching, but follow my example. And the angel came to service that day. And they even saw the angel as seat. And she came to that seat and behold, she was looking like Foster, light. Ah, this is not the person. No. This is not my mission. <laughs> and the angel took a miracle back to heaven. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. That's just humor. But there's a lesson there. Be yourself. Black is beautiful. Light is beautiful. Hello? Tall is beautiful. Short is beautiful. Lekpa is beautiful. Orobo is beautiful. It's just in the eye of the beholder. There are some people that will never run near Lekpa and there are people that will never run near Orobo. In fact, when someone is trying to despise you because of who you are, and we are just using physical appearance to start with, just tell yourself, you are not the one I'm sent to. It actually makes your, watch, it makes your journey on purpose easier. Ah, so we have eliminated this one. This is not the person God is talking about. You can focus. You know, you have to, you have to download. Just be yourself. Ah, I love being myself. Oh. I'm telling you. Onoko Oja. I'm telling you. The simple truth. <laughs> I should get some co-preachers this morning. Listen, oh, the simple truth is this. You can't even be somebody else. You're just going to frustrate yourself. Pastor Dollar was talking about Ronaldo and Messi a few minutes ago. Anybody that knows football is clear and day. Messi is far more skillful than Ronaldo. Skill. Based on anybody that watches football, based on skill. Raw skill. But, Ronaldo doesn't try to be skillful. He has just worked on himself in terms of precision and delivery. That's not skill. That is practice, practice, effort. That, that's, that's what Ronaldo used to rise to be the greatest. He knows he's not, if you sit him down and talk, he knows he doesn't have the skill. And perhaps, this is my own analysis, so now that they are both getting older, it's telling more Ronaldo than Messi. Messi, the guy just has the skill. This walk up, then you notice something that sometimes in the game, because age has now come, he can't be running around like before. He, doesn't, he will just be walking on the field during the game. <laughs> and some of the matches that they don't perform, they say, ah, why is Messi on the field? He's just waiting for his moment. The skill is there. And he knows I just need a few seconds. Ronaldo now, because Ronaldo's own is effort, now that he can't make the effort again, he's telling. Because he doesn't have the skill. But watch it. My point is that both of them were able. Again, I'm not preaching football. Please don't, don't get confused. And, you know, back in the day, listen, listen, listen. We are doing these things deliberately. Please hear me, hear me, hear me. When we used to teach about purpose and all these things, we used to limit to just Jeremiah and Joseph. And it was a disconnect for many people because they know that they, they know they are not prophets. That's why we are using football and business, things that everybody can relate to. Please hear me. They had two different parts from the very beginning. And one never tried to be like the other. Everyone kept, and two of them, they've been competing hand and nail. Until tomorrow, some people will always believe Ronaldo is the greatest, and some people will never always believe Messi is the greatest, but they are, they are two. 
the lesson here is this. You don't have to be somebody else. You don't have to talk like somebody else. You don't have to sing like somebody else. You don't have to look like somebody else. Now, that doesn't mean you should not try to make yourself look better. That doesn't mean you should not make yourself try to learn to talk better. No, that's, that, that's another lesson. There's a place for polishing your gift. That's what we are talking about here. We are saying understand that God created you and you are okay the way you are. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. Hallelujah. And your uniqueness is important. That uniqueness. And you will never be like everybody, anybody else. Apostle Paul talked about magnifying his own office. In fact, when you read Apostle Paul's epistles, he talked about there were other apostles. And he wrote many times that some of them were more, as it were, um, they had more power than him, more oratory than him. But to them, I, I magnify my own office. In fact, Paul wrote the, the Corinthians one time said that the things other apostles are doing, is it because I'm not doing it to you? He was talking about the fact that other apostles, when they come, they will charge the church. He said, no, I'm not going to charge you. I would rather give to you. He's, he just took a different path. Today, we don't know any of those other apostles. Not that there were no apostles, though, but none as great as him. He celebrated his uniqueness. Glory, glory be to God. Okay, three more and we are done. We are on number what now? Number six. Purpose gives meaning to life. In the way we talked about this earlier on. Gives meaning to your life. It brings color to your life. It brings beauty to your life. It's the true source of fulfillment. A life without purpose will lack direction. Until a man discovers his purpose, like we said earlier on, it's just like mere existence. Purpose, this is very powerful, it's, it, makes, or it, it makes it impossible for you to abuse your life. We say that when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. We see this in the life of Apostle Paul. As the gospel started spreading, Apostle Paul, a man that did, had not discovered his purpose yet, he was persecuting the church, attacking the church, Killing the church, not knowing that that church, God had ordained him to be the greatest apostle of all time in the church. The goat apostle. <laughs> but he didn't know his purpose. And he was abusing his life, destroying his life, destroying other people's life. Until he had that Damascus experience in Acts chapter 9. And I love that story. The moment God appeared to him, he, he knew. The moment he had God's voice, he knew. Discovering your purpose is not difficult. Here was a man at going to destroy and attack the church. And Jesus just appeared to him. Paul, Paul, why do you? And he said, who, who are thou, Lord? He knew immediately. Can you help me tell someone it's not difficult to hear God's voice? I mean, this was a man on a wrongful mission. Don't abuse your life. Take the time and the effort to discover purpose and continue on the journey. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul said after that experience, watch, watch, continue on the journey. For 14 years, he said he was in the wilderness of Damascus. So it's not that Paul got converted today 
and tomorrow he now started doing all the things he was doing. No, there was a season of his life where he was just developing himself, continuing on the journey. Hallelujah. Very important. Next one. Every God-given purpose must serve God's agenda to impact on humanity. This is why we encourage everybody take up a place of service in church and outside church. Use what God has given you to serve humanity. Use it to be a blessing to other people. Not just in church, where you walk, at home, in your family. Every God-given purpose, once God begins to reveal his plan and his purpose to you, God begins to show you your abilities, your talents. It's for the purpose of serving other people. Use it to serve and impact humanity. So you need to pay attention to your gifts. This is one way we discover purpose. Learn the things you, God has given you that you can do. You can sing, you can talk, you can act, you can show compassion, you can serve in one way or the other. Learn to discover those things and use them to benefit other people. Pay attention to your gifts and your special qualities. Pay attention to your passion. What do you love doing? You like telling stories. You like writing stories. How can I use this to benefit other people? Hallelujah. And we're going to wrap up with this one. Really where we started from. Purpose is the key to walking in dominance. It's the key. Let us make man to be creators like us. What, what is behind the creator? He has an intention. And that's what it's about. It's about God's original intention. God's original intention. And as they begin to create and do like we are doing, they will have dominion. Hallelujah. Please listen to this very powerful. This statement is powerful. Your authority and jurisdiction are tied to your divine placements. You see, one thing that comes with your purpose is authority and jurisdiction. When we talk about mercy, we know we are talking about football. Not, not even just football. Attack. You put mercy in defense, your team will lose. Hello, somebody? So, you, you must know and this is why it's important to discover your purpose. You must know your jurisdiction. That's where you can shine. I said this a moment ago. So during this walk-up, if you really follow the match, you'll just see him at times. And his area is not even just... Say, you won't see Messi walking around in the, in the penalty box. That's not where his dominance is. It's number eight, if you know football, number ten area. He will just be pacing around just before the attack. And when certain balls come to him, boom. Glory be to God. There's an area where you can dominate. You can't dominate everywhere. Hello, somebody. As you go on, and sometimes these things come to us over years. You can't dominate everywhere. You can't dominate as it were in every season. Hello. You can't shine in every moment. So important to know yourself, discover yourself, discover your area, and it takes time. But I pray for somebody, you will not miss your moment this year in the name of Jesus. 
you will not miss your moment in these seasons of your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Proverbs 22, 29, we'll close with this one. The Bible says, can you see a man who is diligent in his business? And this is my word and my child to everyone this 2023. Make God's purpose for your life, your business. A time can come in your life where you are able to distinguish the divine purpose of God from your 9 to 5 work. For some people, it's, they come together. And the ultimate goal for everyone, really, is to make the purpose of God your 9 to 5 job. But not everybody can start from there. Hello? So even if you have a job you are doing that consumes your time, you still have to create space in your life where you are, you are trying to download the purpose and plan for your God, for God for your life. But that must not be your business. See as thou a man that is diligent in his business or her business, he shall stand before what? And that's what dominion is all about. He will not stand before no man. And that will be your story in 2023. Amen. Hallelujah. Rise on your feet this morning. I want you to lift your hands to heaven one more time. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, reveal to me on another level your plan and purpose for my life. This year of dominance, help me to walk in a clearer version, a more articulate version of your purpose and your plan. Let me be more accurate. Come on, somebody pray this prayer. Let me be more accurate than I've ever been before. Please, I want to close with the football analogy you've been using. It's not enough to know you are supposed to be a footballer, Mercy. See, this is why we are praying this prayer. Many of us, particularly those of us that have been in church for a while, you already know God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And to a great degree, many of us are already working in one level or another of it. It's not enough to know you're supposed to be a footballer. Mercy, you can't go and do defense. You will never be the GOAT if you play defense, Mercy. You will never be the GOAT if you play the central striker. Ah, I'm going to be number nine. Mercy refined and refined. And over time, is most effective where his authority and jurisdiction is most impactful. It's somewhere in the midfield. Ronaldo's zone is on the flank. This is what we are talking about. Clearer and clearer. Messi, you will not win the World Cup in under when you are under 17. For all through his career, he never won it, but he kept coming back kept coming back. There was some time he quit. I wonder who came back to encourage him. Go back. Go back. Go back. May everybody that has quit come back to their place in 2023 in the name of Jesus. And he came back. And it now looked like a fairy tale. They now refer to the 2022 World Cup as the Messi World Cup. Lift your hands. I prophesy over somebody this morning. This year of dominance will be referred to as the year of somebody in this place in the name of Jesus. You know, that's one year. This, ah, this was the year. Many of us can look back to the impact 
those of us that have been working with God for a while, wow, that year was, wow, a year like no other. I always talk about the year that David killed Goliath. <laughs> Glory be to God. I pray over somebody today. This year of dominance will, will be a most remarkable year for you in the name of Jesus. And it starts with this prayer. Say, Heavenly Father, show me clearer and clearer your purpose and plan for me in the name of Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234 810 00 640.